0: Mic on. Pad 5 loaded with right. Adjustable. Pad 2 loaded with applause. Pad 5 loaded with. Pad 2 loaded with applause. Pad 2 is playing applause. Time remaining zero. Mic
1: on. Pad 5 loaded with right. Adjustable. And now here's a revelation called Unmasking the Cult of Deceptions.
0: What does the future hold? Where can we find certainty in a world of uncertainty? The book of Revelation provides hopeful answers for today, tomorrow, and forever. Join Mark Finley, author and world-renowned speaker, on a journey into the future with Revelation's Ancient Discoveries. Welcome back to Revelation's Ancient Discoveries. We are journeying through the book of Revelation and discovering end time truths. The book of Revelation reveals the plans of God. It unmasks the plans of Satan. And one of the major issues in Revelation has to do with spirits, the Holy Spirit and unholy spirits. The unholy spirits, demonic forces, will bring deception. False religious leaders will arise. Cult like leaders, many will follow them. There'll be false miracles. There will be, throughout time, right at the time of the end, deceptions that are perpetrated upon the human race. How do you identify a cult? How do you identify a cult leader? How can you know that you're not being led astray? We're going to go to the Bible and answer some of those questions, but first, let's pray. Father in heaven, Thank you that the Bible reveals your truth. You've said, Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word, your word is truth. You've said that you will enable us to know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We want to be free from error, free from deception, free from the falsehoods that are so filling our world. And so, as we study the book of Revelation, give us clear light on the road ahead. May your truth Penetrate falsehood. May your light illuminate darkness. And may we sense your will for our personal lives. In Christ's name, amen. The title of our presentation is Revelation Unmasks the Cult Deception. Have you noticed how many people are actually being led astray by cults today? The 911 call was made in. Rancho Santa Fe, California, a number of years ago. The person on the other end of the line said, you should check out a certain community. The 911 operator was quite baffled by that. It was a very wealthy community, a very upmarket community, a very upscale community in a very posh area of California. Multi-million dollar homes on the hillside. But the caller was insistent. You better check out that home. Something is wrong. When the authorities came there, they found the followers of Marshall Applewhite. Marshall Applewhite was the leader of a cult called Heaven's Gate Cult. He believed, as his followers did, that the Hale-Bopp comet would be followed by a catastrophic end of the world, but that his followers would be whisked away to heaven. As the authorities came to that home, they found an amazing scene. They found a scene in which people were dressed all in black. They had, each one of them, committed mass suicide. They were lying on their beds. Why did they do it? Who were these people that followed Marshall Applewhite? Were they ignorant people that could easily be taken in by a cult leader? Were they uneducated? A careful look at who they were helps us to understand the deceptive power of cults and the deceptive power of false leaders. They were a teacher. One was a teacher, very well educated, another, was a postal worker who had a very good government job. Another was a housewife and a mother of five. When you look at who was in that home that day, those people deceived by Marshall Applewhite, you see they were common men and women. They were people like you and people like me. But we ask, how could they be deceived? Revelation talks about the final deception, The deception of the Antichrist's power. In Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, it says, I stood upon the sand of the sea, saw a great beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. The beast which I saw was like unto a leopard. His feet were like the feet of a bear, his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, the dragon, who's that Satan, the deceiver, and great authority. Then verse 3 says, All the world wondered after the beast. A great deception at the last days of earth's history with all the world that do not know Christ, that have turned their backs on his word and have not faithfully followed it. So the cult deceptions we see today are simply a foreshadowing of what is coming in the future. Why is it that people turn to cults? What is it that leads them to those cults? They're actually looking for answers. See, cult followers don't want to be deceived. It's not that somebody says, you know, I think I'm going to go follow that uh, cult leader, and the cult leader has a big sign around them saying, don't follow me, you'll be deceived. Cult followers don't want to be deceived. They are really sincere, very sincere. In fact, they are looking for truth. You see, when the church discards or downplays the Bible, when the church substitutes tradition for the Word of God, that opens the mind of people. They turn away from the falsehood, the error, the tradition of the church, and they go seeking in another way. When, for example, the church lacks spiritual power, and people come to church week after week, and it's dry, it's formal, it's traditional. It's external. It does not move the heart or change the life. When that happens, people go looking in another direction. When the church fails to to reveal God's love, when people are judgmental, when they are graceless, people go looking for an environment of love and warmth. And one thing that cults do provide It's a falsehood, of course, but they provide this sense of warmth. They provide this sense of brotherhood, of sisterhood, and they they develop an attitude where it's us against the world, and the cult leaders have a certain amount of certainty, so when the church is uncertain, doesn't know what it believes, lacks spiritual power, is loveless, then obviously thousands of people, young people particularly, go searching for certainty, searching for meaning, searching for something they can hold on to, and searching for love. People go somewhere else when the church fails. Now somebody says, Pastor Mark, are you suggesting that the church has failed and that has driven people to cults? not every church. There are Bible-believing churches that uplift Jesus Christ, that uplift His Word. There are places that you and I can go, and I praise God for the thousands of them, the millions of them over the world. But here is a certain truth. In the last days, there'll be false Christs and false prophets. In the last days, there'll be those that are followers of Jesus, and there'll be those that are followers of demonic forces. And in the last days, Satan is going to do everything he can To deceive men and women. And if the church is not preaching the Word of God, if the church is not lifting up Jesus, if the church is not calling people to obedience, if the church does not have spiritual power, if the church is loveless, people will go looking someplace else. The reason cults are growing is because people are seeking. So, the growth of cults should indicate to the Christian church that people are seeking, people are looking, but they're looking in all the wrong places. They're walking down a pathway that will eventually lead them to disaster and eventually lead them to death. Now, how can you tell a cult? You know, cult leaders don't come, as I've said, with a sign around their neck saying, I'm a cult leader, come follow me. Not at all. I want to give you five biblical tests from the Bible to distinguish between the genuine and the counterfeit. Now you say, I would never, ever be deceived by a cult. Impossible for me. You know, in Florida, we can learn a lesson from the sorting of oranges. Now let's suppose for a minute... You're an orange. I don't want to suppose I'm an orange, but you just come on now, stay with me. Let's suppose you're an orange, and you're out here in an orange tree. So you're in the sunshine, enjoying the Florida sunshine, and you get picked. Have you ever been in Florida and you see these big, huge semis with all these oranges in the back of the semis? Hundreds, thousands of them. You may not know how they're sorted. When they bring the oranges into the warehouse, there's a conveyor belt and all these oranges are put on that conveyor belt. Now let's suppose you're an orange, and you can think, you can't, I know, and you're on this conveyor belt. I think, man, this is Disneyland for oranges. This is great. So you had all these oranges on this conveyor belt. They're going along, and they come to a hole. The holes in the conveyor belt are large enough to let the small grade C oranges through, but they're not large enough to let the grade B ones through. So these oranges are on this conveyor belt. Can you imagine them in your mind? Hundreds, thousands of them. And they come to these sorting holes. And all the grade C ones, the small ones, fall through. The rest of the oranges are going. Now the B oranges, I'm sure they're thinking to the, man, I'm never going through one of those holes. You know, I'm, I, I'm better than those people. I'm not going through. Then the conveyor belt goes on and there's holes large enough to let the B oranges through, the B grade, but not The A grade. So all the B grade goes through. And then pretty soon, the A's look over and say, man, those B's, those little guys went through and those C's went through. We're going on to the end. But what do you know is right around the corner. There's a hole and those A oranges are going through, right? They're going to be orange juice too. Look, my friend, the people that I'm concerned about the most are not the humble people on their knees seeking God for his truth. I'm concerned about arrogant people people that say, look, I'll never be deceived by a cult because you don't understand the deceptive power of the devil. The only way we can be kept from being deceived is such a commitment to the living Christ. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free and a commitment to his word. Now, let's look at five distinguishing characteristics of a cult. Because you see, millions are going to fall for the Antichrist at end time. And Antichrist is the largest cult leader ever to manifest himself in the history of the world. But before that time, there will be false Christs and false prophets. And why do people accept these counterfeits? Because they don't know how to distinguish between a counterfeit and a genuine. Between the true and the false. This telecast may be one of the most important in your life. It may save you, it may save your children. If your children are anywhere in the house right now, get them, sit them down in front of this screen because there are so many young people, teenagers that are following cults. First, how do you identify a cult? Number one, all cults have a single powerful leader who becomes the cult's Messiah. When you have any single human leader that becomes a substitute for Jesus Christ. Beware, beware. Look, Marshall Applewhite who led those people, the heaven gates cult leader, the one that led them in Santa, and, uh, Rancho Santa Fe, California to death said, I am on an evolutionary level above human. I am part of the kingdom of heaven. I'm incarnated in The the kingdom of heaven is incarnated in two bodies. In other words, what he's saying is, I'm divine. That should have been a clear signal to his followers immediately because Jesus says in Isaiah 45, verse 22, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. Anytime we look to a human being, Anytime the Word of that human being takes the place of the Word of God, any anytime the authority of that human being takes the place of the authority of the Word of God, we know, we know for certain that we are on the pathway to deception. In September 1995, Marshall Applewhite referred to himself as a what? Can you believe it? A messenger from God, then he said, just like Jesus. What did Isaiah 45 verse 22 say? Look unto me and be saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is what? None like me. So anytime a cult leader arises, claims to be this messianic figure, that's simply preparing people to receive the antichrist. Anti means not against, but another or substitute for Christ at the time of the end. And so we see these false Christs, false prophets arising today. I think of David Koresh. David Koresh led a group, mostly of young people, young adults, to a fiery inferno in Waco, Texas. He led them to their death. I interviewed a young man that was in Waco with David Koresh, uh, and he left 2 weeks before that fiery inferno he got out of there alive and I said to him how I said you're intelligent bright why were you with david koresh for so long why did you follow him for so long he happened to be an australian david koresh came to australia and this is the story my friend told me when I interviewed him he said david came to australia And we as young people were looking for somebody to study the Bible with us deeply. And David seemed to know the Bible. He studied the Bible with us. We would study from 8, 9 o'clock at night to 2 o'clock in the morning. And his, his interpretations of the Bible were fresh. They were new. We were studying Revelation. We wanted to study the book of Revelation. And... We kept studying together and pretty soon we were so mesmerized by David, so mesmerized by the thing we studied, we agreed to move with him to Waco. He said, I thought something was wrong when my wife and I moved there and I had to sleep in separate quarters. My wife was in one home for women and I was in another home for men. But David said, if you're going to be ready for the coming of Jesus, you need to deny your earthly lusts. And he said, something didn't seem right then we began having meetings that would last all night and pretty soon I was so exhausted I couldn't think straight and when David said, I am the Lamb of Revelation, he said I I didn't figure all that out but pretty soon, two weeks before the fiery furnace I said, this is not religion this is insanity and he said, I left. He said but we were so mesmerized, my wife left but we didn't sit together on the plane on the way back he said, it took me weeks to get my head back straight again. Friend of mine, when you start giving your allegiance to any human being rather than Christ, that's incredibly dangerous. Think of Jim Jones who led over 900 people to the jungles of Guyana, and there they committed mass suicide. He was a popular evangelical preacher out in San Francisco. He sat on the San Francisco Housing Commission, did a lot for the poor and underprivileged through his church. But yet, once he was preaching, held up his Bible and said, don't look at this, look at me. He said, there's God-like qualities in me. See, here's what these three cult leaders that I've mentioned have in common, Marshall Applewhite, David Koresh, Jim Jones, they all become messianic like figures. They all become substitute gods. May I take this a step further? If your pastor, if your priest, if your rabbi becomes the sole source of your spiritual authority, if they become more prominent in your life than Jesus Christ, you are on the verge of opening your mind to cult deception. I thank God that he uses pastors. I thank God that he uses religious leaders. But if they become substitute Christ, we have a deceptive, deceptive falsehoods that are going to shape our minds. The book of Revelation says this, Revelation 17, verse 13. It says, these are of one mind. You see, the cults must function as one mind. They must function under the authority figure of the cult leader. These are of one mind. They will give their power and authority to the beast. So the final Antichrist will exhibit himself as an authority taking the place of Jesus. So the call of the hour is the call of commitment to Jesus, the call of decision for Christ making Christ supreme in our lives, not letting anybody else take the place of Jesus, but listening to His voice, following His Word. These have one mind. What's going to bring churches together? What's going to unify churches at a time of famine, at a time of economic disaster, at a time of natural disasters, at a time of terrorism, at a time of rising crime and violence and immorality and war, A cult leader will arise, the Bible calls him in Revelation the Antichrist. He will try to bring all the world together under his own auspices of worship. These have one mind. So anytime any human being takes the authority of Christ, beware. Anytime any human being substitutes his or her authority for the authority of the Word of God, beware. Beware. The Bible says, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, when Christ is describing the signs of the end, Jesus says there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be famines and earthquakes and pestilences and rising crime and violence. But then Jesus says, Matthew 24 verse 24, for false Christ, what kind of Christ? False Christ. False prophets, what kind of prophets? False prophets, will rise and show great signs and wonders. Well, if they show great signs and wonders, they must be of God, right? If they work miracles, they must be of God, right? Well, the Bible says, Revelation chapter 16, verse 13 and 14, it says, these are the spirits of demons working miracles. Can the demons work miracles? According to the Bible, the devil can work apparent miracles. And according to Scripture, miracles will be one of the ways. You look at Revelation 19, verse 20 and onward. They are deceived by the miracles. So miracles, false miracles, will be one of the agencies the devil uses for deception. When men and women turn away from the living Christ, when they turn away from the Word of God, when they turn to fables and traditions, the devil will use miracles to deceive them. Can God work miracles? Yes, Will God work miracles in the last days? Certainly. Can we expect miracles? Yes. But miracles are never a substitute for truth. Miracles are never a substitute for the Word of God. And because a false leader works some kind of miracle that takes your mind from the Jesus that died for you, we know that leads to deception. To deceive if possible. To do what? Deceive if possible. Even the Elect. Who are the elect? The saved, the redeemed, the faithful. So the miracles are going to be so powerful. The deception is going to be so strong. What is our safety? Jesus and Jesus alone. You know that old song: turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Somebody says, But I'm sincere. Is sincerity enough? Proverbs 16, verse 25, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. There's a way that what? What is it to? Seems right, but the end is the way of, of death. So, merely because one is sincere, sincerity is not enough, you can sincerely follow error and be lost Are there some people that smoke cigarettes and they say, oh, it's not going to harm me. I'm, you know, it's not going to touch me. And they smoke away. They may be sincerely believing that it's not going to harm them, but that doesn't make any difference at all because they're still putting that tar in their lungs and they're still destroying their bodies. Sincerity is not enough. If you are following a trailer truck on a foggy night and you're following their headlights, and that truck goes around the corner and misses the turn and drives off a cliff, you may be ever so sincere in following their headlights, but you're going over that cliff too. You can be so sincere. Have you ever been driving your car, and you got your directions mixed up, and so you're driving along saying, and your wife is saying, I I think you're going the wrong direction. No, honey, I'm not going the wrong direction. I think, darling, you're going in the wrong direction. I'm not going in the wrong direction. Sweet pea, I think you're going in the wrong direction, but you are so proud. I'm not going in the wrong direction. I know I'm going right. And then you drive 15 miles down the road, you see the sign, and you see you should be going south, and you're going north, and you say, honey, (laughs) I think there's a restaurant over there, let's go eat. (laughs) And then you turn around and get going in the right direction. See, you may be sincere, But if you're going in the wrong direction, you're going in the wrong direction. Sincerity is not enough. And you may be ever so sincere, but if you're not going in harmony with the Bible, if you're not committed your life fully to Christ, you may be sincerely following a cult leader. Anytime we transfer our loyalty to a religious leader and exalt that leader in the place of God, we're on the very, very dangerous ground. You know, I've had people come to my Bible lectures. They hear messages on Christ, messages on His soon coming, messages on the Bible Sabbath. And they say, oh pastor, pastor, but that's not what my religious leader teaches. Uh, and, And I don't know if I could ever make a change because look what my religious leader teaches. That is very dangerous ground because if you substitute the word of your religious leader for the word of God, you are preparing to receive the teachings of the Antichrist. Our only safety is we have one leader, and that's Jesus Christ. There are no substitutes for Jesus. There are only counterfeits. Christ and Christ alone is our Savior. Acts chapter 4, verse 12, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. There is no other name under heaven. There's only one Jesus he was born as a babe in Bethlehem's manger. He lived that perfect life that we should have lived. There's only one Jesus. He walked through the crowds, healed the sick. He walked through the crowds and touched the eyes of the blind and they were open. Touched the ears of the deaf and they were unstopped. Walked through the crowds and healed the lame. Ministered to the poor. Raised the dead. There is only one Jesus. There's only one that hung upon the cross. There is only one who came out of the tomb alive. There is only one Jesus. There are no substitute Christs. There may be many counterfeits, many false Christs, but there's only one. I know that you along with me today want to open your heart to the true Christ. You want Him to be your leader. You want no substitute to be in your life. Now, secondly. Cults not only have a powerful world, a powerful leader that whose authority they substitute for Christ, but cults often substitute human teachings for God's Word. So when you look at these cult leaders, they'll often have teachings, in fact always have teachings, that are not in harmony with the Word of God. In fact, in Revelation 18 verse 23 It says, by your, that is by the Antichrist, by the great cult leader's sorcery or falsehoods, all nations were deceived. People are deceived by the falsehoods of error. Jesus says in John 17, verse 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So God's word stands out in sharp contrast to error. Marshall Applewhite taught that the hale bop comet would usher in the end of the world. Now, that's not found any place in the Bible at all. His followers should have known. Here you have a false religious leader who substitutes as the Messiah, and His Word substitutes for the Word of God. Anytime tradition takes the place of God's Word and people are accepting tradition rather than God's Word, they're in a very dangerous position. If Marshall Applewhite's followers would have known this text, it would have helped them. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 16, the Lord Himself is going to descend from heaven, not some hail bop comet that they are going to latch onto and be whisked off into eternity. The Lord Himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Jesus says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you what? free." When you know the truth about the second coming of Christ, that every eye will see Him, Revelation 1 verse 7. Every ear will hear it, Psalm 50 verse 3. When you understand that Christ is coming in glory and majesty, Matthew 16 verse 27. When you understand that He's coming in power, when you understand that when He comes He's going to raise the dead, when you know the truth about the second coming of Christ, you can detect... The falsehood of cult leaders who have this messianic end time complex that is all jumbled and garbled with part truth and part error. Also, one of the devil's great deceptive devices is a misunderstanding of death. And so he uses spiritualism. But what does Jesus say? you'll know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I've had people say to me, but pastor, I had that experience. You know, I went, I went to sleep, and I saw pastor. I saw my mother. I saw my father. Yes, but that was an apparition. The devil, 2 Corinthians 11, 14, masquerades as an angel of light. And so, by not knowing God's Word, by not understanding the clear truth of God's Word, We make ourselves vulnerable for deceptions. If any religious leader distorts the gospel, the good news that we're saved through Christ, the good news that grace gives us a passport to heaven, the good news that we can be pardoned by Christ, that Christ can change our life. If any religious leader discards biblical principles and substitutes human teachings for them, beware my friend, if any religious leader downplays God's law, you say, Pastor, what do you mean? Jesus, through the prophet Isaiah, said in Isaiah 8 verse 20, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, that is the testimony of Scripture, the teachings of Christ and the law of God, there is no light in them. You see, it doesn't say there's no truth in them because Satan mingles truth and error. It does not say there is no power in them, because Satan at times can use satanic power. So it doesn't say there's no truth or power. It says there's no what? No light. Why does it say there's no light in them? Light is what you follow. Light is what you follow. And Jesus invites us to follow the light. And if they're not teaching in harmony with the Ten Commandment law, if they are not leading men and women because they're saved by grace to be obedient, there's no light there, therefore turn away from it. Now, thirdly, cults manipulate minds. They coerce members into submission. This is a common characteristic of cults. The cults will often dress the same way, eat the same way, live the same locality. They'll have their cult compound. Remember in Revelation chapter 13, it talks about that beast coming up out of the sea with seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns, ten crowns, upon his heads, the name of blasphemy. It says in Revelation 13, verse 16 and 17, he shall cause all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, here's the master cult, the master cult. And what does the master cult leader do? He causes all to receive a mark And if they do not have that mark, the Bible says they can't buy or sell. Revelation is talking about a conflict between good and evil, a conflict between Christ and Satan. And it's talking about a last day conflict. Jesus appeals to men and women with love and truth. Satan appeals to men and women with falsehood and force. So on the one hand, you have Jesus appealing to people through love, appealing to people through truth. On the other hand, you have the devil appealing to people through force and appealing to people through falsehood. The beast power passes a decree that no man can buy or sell, uses force or uses manipulation. God never appeals to us through force, His truth is revealed in His word, His love shines from. His Word. Jesus appeals to us, not in some conformity. You know, one night I was preaching in Moscow. I was in the Olympic Stadium, and there as I preached, I had had many, many meetings in Moscow before. And uh, I had preached in Polhanni University, where 500 came to Christ and were baptized. Preached in Moscow's Kremlin Auditorium, about 1,500, 2,000 came to Christ. So now I was in the Olympic Stadium, opening night of the meetings. There were about 18,000 people there. And uh, as I went to preach, ladies got up and they began bringing me bouquets of flowers. They had been come to Christ. They were so joyous in this new life of Christ. And I was reaching down, getting the flowers, taking them here, and a couple of deacons were standing by me and I was handing them. Lady came down the aisle. She looked a little strange, but I didn't pick it up right away. She handed me a bouquet of flowers and the flowers were dead. And I I didn't know what to do. And when I went to reach out to take them, she pulled the microphone out of my hand and she yelled, this man is the Antichrist, attack him. Now, I learned later who she was. Her name was, her assumed name was Mary David Christ. You can look her up on the internet. She is one of the leading, was one of the leading cult leaders in all of Russia. She took the name Mary because she believed she was pregnant with the Christ child. David because the Christ child would be king and Christ because that was going to be her new baby. They were going to usher in a kingdom that was going to rule the world. She believed that the good angels, not the evil angels. Now remember, the Bible says that Satan and the evil angels were cast out of heaven. She believed the good angels were cast out of heaven. They were called the white knights. They were on earth to fight evil, and I was the embodiment of evil. Not very pleasant, rather. And so when she yelled, her white knights, she had about 20,000 followers, and many of them were in our audience that night. They were young men between 18 and 22. And she yelled, "Attack!" And these young men jumped up out of the audience and began running to the stage. It was rather interesting, to say the least. I was a little younger, and I kept trying to dodge, but here these young guys are coming. They want to tackle the old preacher. Fortunately, I had baptized and led to Jesus Christ many Russian army soldiers. And fortunately, I had baptized and led to Christ many KGB officers. They had not forgotten their skills. And when these guys attacked the preacher, these army officers from Russia and these KGB, they knew exactly what to do and they took care of them well. But you know, 12 nights in a row they attacked. We had to take the stairs away from the stage. We had to do everything we could to make precautions. We'd have our music in our meetings, things would be fine. We'd have a health talk, no problems. But once I got up to speak, they attacked that night after night after night that Mary David Christ had so manipulated these young men and they were actually forced and coerced into submission to her cults use force and submission and the devil is a deceiver 2 Corinthians 11:14 no wonder for Satan himself he doesn't come with a big sign on it Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light so Mary David Christ, just like David Koresh, just like Marshall Applewhite, just like Jim Jones, they all have this veneer. They come as messianic figures. They come pretending to be Christ-like beings or figures. They come substituting their word for the Word of Christ. And every single one of them will have a, a method of force. When you study, for example, what happened in the Waco conflict, the Waco compound. When I interviewed the young man who left, he said he often was beaten if he fell asleep in meetings, and often he was coerced or forced to listen to David Koresh. When you look at Jim Jones's compound, he had actual guards, tough men, strong men, that forced people to listen and not go to sleep. So here you have that coercion. You're going to find that in the last day cult as well. Now, how do you identify a cult? Here's number four. Cults claim to work miracles. You see, cults use miracles as some kind of test of divinity. They use miracles as a basis for what they're doing. In Jim Jones's cult, I've listened to recordings of some of his sermons when he was in San Francisco. And he would say, That sister over there sitting. This brother over here, yes, you with the blue shirt there, you've got cancer, come forward and I'll touch you. And you in the wheelchair, wheel her forward. And so there's these apparent miracles. You say, but that's evidence, isn't it? Look what the Bible says. Revelation 13, verse 13 and 14. He performs great signs. That's the Antichrist. That's the great cult leader. So that he even makes fire come down from heaven, on earth, in the sight of man. Jim Jones claimed that he could work miracles, people leaping out of wheelchairs. Of course, it was a sham, it was pretense, but cults claim that they can work miracles. Miracles are never a substitute for the Word of God. You say, how can I be free if the deceptions are so so subtle? How can I be free? Jesus Christ is your only leader. As you give your life to Him, you are secure in Christ. There is a man... Isaiah 32, verse 1, it'll be a hiding place for the wind, a source of refuge from the tempest, from all the winds of error, from all the winds of falsehood, from all the winds of apostasy, from all the winds of deception. There is one that'll protect you. Jesus is his name. The word of God, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17, verse 17. Psalm 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? Light unto my path. Jesus' word will illuminate your future. And Jesus says, whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus invites us to come, not because we're coerced. We are never motivated by fear, only motivated by love. How can I be free from deception? Beware. Beware of the spectacular. Beware when the spectacular overshadows and takes the place of simple, Biblical truth. There are some people that want to go to churches that there is a lot of emotionalism, a lot of hallelujahs. I'm not against Hallelujahs. We ought to be saying Hallelujah when Christ touches our heart, but look, when emotional fancy, when miracles in the spectacular take the place, of clear, thoughtful, reasonable, open-hearted study of the Word of God. God's Word is the basis of truth. Miracles grow out of truth. Miracles do not substitute for truth. Revelation 16, verse 14, one of the great deceptions of Satan, for they are the spirits of demons. The spirits of what, everybody? They are the spirits of what? demons performing, what, signs, wonders, or miracles that go out to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. This is the summary of the sixth plague. There is famine, there is earthquake, there's fire, there is flood, there's natural disasters, and all over the world there's calamity. The Antichrist power rises. He claims that he has authority, claims that he can bring world peace, substitutes his traditions for the very Word of God. And then, to top it all off, the Antichrist begins working miracles. The Antichrist begins moving in lives and begins healing the sick. The Antichrist begins working in amazing ways. And what happens? Men and women who've turned their backs on God, men and women who've turned from the truth of Scripture and who've accepted the falsehoods in the human teachings, men and women who do not know Jesus Christ, what happens? They yield to that deceptive power. Now, there's a fifth thing about cults that we must understand. Cults always deny individuality. People have to dress the same, eat the same, march to the same drummer. I thank God that Jesus loves individuality. When somebody tries to mold you and shape you and force your thinking, that is simply to prepare people for the last days of earth's history. Prepare them for the final deception. The devil wants people to march in lockstep. But Jesus loves variety. When the genes and chromosomes came together to form the unique biological structure of your personality god threw away the pattern there's nobody like you in the universe you cannot photocopy a person and produce another human being god doesn't have some kind of celestial photocopy machine where he's cranking out people you are you there's nobody like you in the whole universe and god wants your praise not to be manipulated not to be forced, not to be structured by some Antichrist power, some false cult religious leader, but Jesus rather wants you to praise Him from the depths of your heart he loves to have you come to him just as you are. He loves to have you come to him with your own uniqueness of personality. You know, Revelation 22, verse 17, the Bible comes to an end this way. The spirit and the bride say what? Come, and let him who hears say come, and let him who athirst come, and whoever desires, not forced, not coerced. The devil works with falsehood and force. Jesus works with love and choice. And choice never can be forced or coerced. Let him who thirsts come. And whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Jesus has given you freedom of choice. Who will you follow? See, the book of Revelation is all about choice. It's all about who we follow. A rebel angel rebelled against God in heaven. A rebel angel deceived Adam and Eve on earth. A rebel angel has deceived men and women down through the centuries. And in the last days of earth's history, there is no middle ground. Who will you choose to follow? Who is your Savior? Who is your Lord? Will you allow any human being to substitute for Jesus Christ? Will you allow the teachings of men to substitute for the Word of God? Will you fall for spectacular miracles when they're contrary to God's Word. Will you march in lockstep with the majority? You see, the majority in Christ's day cried to crucify Christ. Think about Noah's day. The majority didn't go into the ark. In the last days of verse history, the devil will marshal the majority. God invites you to stand out for Him. He invites you to be willing to be one of the tens of thousands around the world that do not compromise your integrity but stand for Christ. The scientists a number of years ago wanted to do an experiment with caterpillars. And this particular caterpillar was a caterpillar that was a herd caterpillar the caterpillar would always follow its leader. And the caterpillar would follow its leader to death. But this particular caterpillar survived on a special kind of plant. And so the researchers wanted to find out, is the caterpillar's drive to eat greater than the caterpillar's drive to follow its leader? So this is what they did. They took this plant, that the caterpillar would eat in his favorite plant and they planted it in a pot. And then they took caterpillars and they put them around a circle in the pot. So on the edge of this pot, you can imagine, lined up with all these caterpillars. And they kept going round and round and round on the edge of the pot. Now their plant that would enable them to survive was right there in the center of the pot but they kept going round, following the leader, round, following the leader, round, following the leader. They kept circling. One after the other of these caterpillars began to fall over dead as the days went on. They would not break ranks. They were so fixated on following that leader that when life was right before them to eat, they wouldn't take it. You are not a caterpillar, friend. Life is there in the hands of Christ. And to follow a human leader, contrary to the word of the living God, only leads to death. The Bible says, Romans 14, verse 12, So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Before the judgment bar of God, God's not going to say, what did your father do? What did your mother do? What did your priest tell you to do? What did your rabbi tell you to do? What did your pastor tell you to do? So every one of us must give account of himself to God. You become vulnerable to cult deceptions when you look to any human authority rather than Christ. You become vulnerable to cult deceptions when you accept the teachings of tradition rather than the Word of God. Jesus is appealing to you right now to follow His Word. When you're awed by spectacular miracles, you become vulnerable to cult deceptions. When you fail to live by your personal convictions, when God moves on your heart and you do not step forward or step out to follow Him because you're influenced by others, you become vulnerable to cult deceptions. Jesus says to you, He speaks to you, come to me. All you that are heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest. Jesus appeals to you right now to stand in Christ and Christ alone. In Christ alone I take my stand. In Christ alone I make my decision. Listen as Yvonne comes to sing, in Christ and Christ alone. Let the Spirit of God touch your heart. Why not make your decision that you will follow Jesus? And Christ and Christ alone will be your leader, your guide, your savior.
1: In Christ alone and striving cease my comforter my all in all here in the love of christ i stand in christ alone Who took on flesh fullness of God in the helpless babe. This gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I in victory since curse has lost its grip on me for I am his and he is mine bought with the precious blood of Christ No guilt in no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns to take me home, here in the power of Christ I'll stand. No power of hell, no scheme of man can never pluck me from his hand.
0: Here in the power of Christ I stand. I was only 17 years old. I knew little about the kingdom of God, little about the Bible, little about Jesus. Oh, I was brought up in a a religious home. My parents helped me to understand the basic principles of righteousness and morality. My father had become a Sabbath-keeping Adventist, but I was attending the Catholic Church, and although I learned the basic principles of morality, although I learned the basic principles of righteousness, honesty, integrity, and I, I thank God for that, I never really understood the Bible, never made a complete decision to follow Christ. I really listened to the priests as my source of religious authority. But then, when I was about 17, my father, who had recently become a committed Seventh-day Adventist Christian, began sharing Jesus with me. And I began to see that in Christ alone I had a leader, a ruler, one of authority. I began to see in my own life that in Christ alone I could have one that would forgive me, one that could accept me, one that would change me. I began to study His Word, and I found in His Word the source of strength, the source of authority. It was not easy to step out for Jesus Christ, to step out from friends, to step out from some family members. You know, when we make a decision for Christ, it's not always the easiest thing in our life. Sometimes there are struggles. And as you've watched this telecast, you may sense the Holy Spirit working in your life. You may sense God leading you to make the most important decision of your life, to cast aside tradition, to cast aside those teachings that are not in harmony with the Word of God, God may be calling you to make a step in your life not to have a priest, a prelate, a pastor or any other religious leader as the sole religious authority in your life. He may be calling you right now and is calling you to make Jesus in Jesus alone your savior. To make Christ's word as the source of your authority. He's calling you to make that positive choice to follow Jesus now and forever and to live in harmony with His Word. Would you like to make that choice right now? Would you like to say, Jesus, I don't want to be deceived by a mastermind cult at the end. Christ is preparing a people now who step out of the majority and stand for Him. Would you say, Jesus, I choose you today I choose your teachings today. I choose your word today by your grace and through your power. I'll stand for you. Would you like to make that decision as we pray? Father in heaven, thank you for the call to step out of falsehood. Thank you for the call of Jesus to make Christ number one in our lives, the sole source of our authority. Thank you for your word which is light on the road ahead that dispels darkness and falsehoods. Father, we open our hearts to you right now. I pray for that man, that woman on the verge of decision. I pray for that man, that woman right now in that valley trying to choose which way to go at the crossroads of their life. Touch them right now. May they make that full decision to follow Jesus and His Word now and forevermore until eternity comes and Christ returns. In His name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us on Revelations Ancient Discoveries.
1: This completes episode 18 about Revelation Unmasks the Cult of Deceptions. On the next episode, we will hear in chapter 19 called Revelation
0: Life at Its Best, which I cannot wait to present to you. So may the Lord bless and keep you, and may His face shine on you and give you peace. Thank you for listening. Till next time. Bye-bye. Mic off.